Thank you for listening to this Podcast One production. Available on Apple Podcasts and Podcast One. It's that little chico pit boom, Mr. 305, but it said Mr. Worldwide. You already know what it is. Listen to my new podcast from negative to positive. Subscribe today. Now, part of the things that we're doing over here at negative to positive is encouraging people to change their lives, change the things that are within their power. I want to thank our good friends at KFC for helping me bring this to you. Feed your whole crew with KFC. Let's go. I can get the KFC bucket of chicken and you know, that's fire. Now, Bobo, you know that you could get that mac and cheese, that mashed potato, gravy, those biscuits. Now, that's that's trouble right there. That is fire right there. You know, on negative to positive, we're always talking about striving and achievement. And, and the Colonel Sanders story is, is a story that inspired me since I was 10 years old. Look how our life comes full circle. Now I'm talking about Colonel Sanders and Kentucky Fried Chicken and how much I love it. <laughs> Listen to my new podcast from negative to positive. Check out the vodcast. Subscribe today. Apple Podcast. Podcast One. Spotify. We begin today's meditation with a few sipping exercises to remind us a little treat can go a long way. So pick up your McCafe iced coffees, close your eyes, and deep sip in. And deep satisfaction out. <sighs> Take a treat retreat at McDonald's. Right now, get a McCafe iced coffee in any size and any flavor for just 99 cents until 11 a.m. Price of participation may vary. Hey, guess what? You're brushing your teeth wrong. Uh, well, I'm going to guess you're brushing your teeth wrong because most of us, we brush our teeth wrong. It's not for long enough. You forget to change the brush on time, and that's because most brands, they just focus on selling flashy gimmicks rather than better brushing. But not Quip. I like Quip. You know what makes them so different? Well, here you go. For starters, Quip's an electric toothbrush that's a fraction of the cost of bulkier brushes while still packaging just the right amount of vibrations to help clean your teeth. Clean your teeth. And it helps. And that's what Quip does. They have a built-in timer. It helps you clean for the dentist recommended two minutes. You got to do it more than 30 seconds. Two minutes. Your breath's going to stink. With guiding pulses that remind you when to switch sides. Next, Quip subscription plans are for your health and not just for convenience. They deliver new brush heads on a dentist-recommended schedule every three months for just five bucks, including free shipping worldwide. It comes with a mount. that It's got the suctions right to your mirror. You stick it right on there, and you use a cover for hygienic travel wherever you take your teeth. You take them with you, even if you carry them in your mouth and you put them in your pocket, whatever you do with them. And finally, everyone loves Quip. They're on Oprah's. You like Oprah, right? Everybody likes Oprah. Well, she was, they, they were on her O list, named one of Time's Best Inventions, and it's the first subscription electric toothbrush accepted by the American Dental Association. Quip starts at just 25 bucks, and if you go to getquip.com slash collider, you can get that. Ready? Here you go. Getquip.com slash collider. Right now, you'll get your first refill pack free with a Quip electric toothbrush. That's your first refill pack free at getquip.com slash collider. Spelled, you ready? Here we go. G-E-T-Q-U-I-P dot com slash collider. JT would have gotten it wrong, but you won't because I just spelled it out for you. Do it and let the English see you do it. That's from Braveheart. Does anybody get that yet? It's that little Chico Pit Boom, Mr. 305, but it said Mr. Worldwide. You already know what it is. Listen to my new podcast from Negative to Positive. Subscribe today. Now, part of the things that we're doing over here at Negative to Positive is encouraging people to change their lives, change the things that are within their power. 
I want to thank our good friends at KFC for helping me bring this to you. Feed your whole crew with KFC Let's Go. I can get the KFC bucket of chicken, and you know, that's fire. Now, Babo, you know that you can get that mac and cheese, that mashed potato, gravy, those biscuits. Now, that's that's trouble right there. That is fire right there. You know, on Negative to Positive, we're always talking about striving and achievement, and, and the Colonel Sanders story is, is a story that inspired me since I was 10 years old. Look how our life comes full circle. Now I'm talking about Colonel Sanders and Kentucky Fried Chicken and how much I love it. <laughs> Listen to my new podcast from Negative to Positive. Check out the vodcast. Subscribe today. Apple Podcast. Podcast One. Spotify. Does anybody want breakfast? Guys, let's go. I'm leaving for McDonald's in five seconds. Why do you start with that? The Breakfast Stampede Meal. It's only at McDonald's where there's a meal for every morning. And nothing says morning like a classic sausage McMuffin with egg. Right now, get this all-time favorite for just 2 bucks on the one two three dollars menu. Price and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any other offer or combo meal. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba. So, Mark Fernandez, we decided, uh, the two of us got together, and we talked Star Wars. Yeah. Exclusively on the podcast, the Jedi Council podcast feed. Then we were able to take over and kind of host the actual Jedi Council while yeah, we, we filled in. We filled in. The guys were at Comic-Con. We said, fuck, yeah. let's, let's fill in. Let's fill okay. in. And that's going to be my last F-bomb of the show, I promise. That's your last F-bomb? Yeah. Okay. Can I get a swear jar and I'll, <laughs> and I'll hold you to that? So then, uh, yeah, so we, we filled in for the guys while they're at Comic-Con and we did a little Star Wars talk again. And you know what? A lot of good feedback. Yeah. A lot it was of fun. A lot of fun. A lot of people talking to us, tweeting at us. Um, calling you out on YouTube videos, yep. maybe. Uh, uh, fairly you know, so, too. Fairly so. I'm the one who's going to admit that the call-outs on me on YouTube videos were very fair. Ab- <laughs> Absolutely. Yeah. So then we got to talking, and uh, we decided that it was time for our voices to enter the fray. It was time. There's, yeah. so ma- there, there's not enough Star Wars podcasts <laughs> right. out there. Right. Sarcasm. That, right. Yeah, right. That we decided it was time. And uh, this is The Rule of Two. Welcome to the inaugural episode of The Rule of Two. This is a special Star Wars podcast. This is Star Wars talk. This is fun talk. This is two guys, two grown men yeah. talking about Star grown Wars. Grown ass men. Born Gro- in the same year, I might add. Born in the same year. Absolutely wanting to talk about Star Wars. I am your host, Mark Riley, and I am joined by my co-host, Mark Fernandez, owner and CEO of Collider Video. This is exciting, my friend. Yeah. No, I'm excited about this. This is something that we've been wanting to do for a long time. And, yeah. And, like, look, uh, this is something that uh, I've, I, I actually, you know, because it's very tough to uh, do fun stuff and not remember our friend John Schnepp because we used to yeah. have so much fun uh, with him. But this it's is something of- that Schnepp and I also talked about doing a lot because that's all he and I would just do is just talk shit about Star Wars all day. Yeah. Yeah. And that I, I feel honored to kind of – step in uh, uh the kind of the idea that you posed to me was like well first we we had that great star wars conversation yeah. which i have said over and over again on twitter in the episode that that was one of my favorite star wars conversations in a long time because it really just it kind of got to the heart even though we disagreed on certain things like the last jedi or or whatnot or even the prequels we always found that common ground that we just 
love Star Wars. Right. And look, and like a synonym for that common ground is called the discussion. You know? Exactly. Yeah. And that's what we wanted to do here. And so what you're going to find with the rule of two is that, yes, it's it dropped today, which is a Friday. But the rule of two is now going to live every Wednesday on the Jedi Council podcast feed. So please subscribe to the Jedi Council podcast feed. Uh, make make sure you rate and and, and share this and, and talk about it and comment and tell us how we're doing. Yep. And uh, we want to know everything. And uh, like I said, share it. But keep your eyes out because we're going to do this Wednesdays. You're going to get your regularly scheduled Collider Jedi Council video as well as the podcast feed with the with the whole crew. But there's enough Star Wars to go around. And Fernandez, you brought up probably one of the greatest ideas to come at me for a Star Wars podcast because we're celebrating an anniversary today. Uh, today is actually July – what day is it? It's July 26th, mm-hmm. which is the 10-year anniversary to the day yep. when Lucasfilm released the novelization of the Clone Wars book, which was yep. based on the movie that came out on August, August 15th of 2008. So this is 10 years later, but the book came out first, and at midnight, Toys R Us – Open their doors. By the way, R.I.P. Toys R Us. Yeah. Toys R Us opened their doors at midnight ten years ago today to release all the new Clone Wars merchandise, toys. The book came out, and that's what started the Clone Wars craze. But it started, Fernandez, with a little bit of a whimper because the movie yeah. came out, right? Now, book aside, I never read the book. Did you read the book? I did not read the book. But we saw the movie. I did not see the movie. Oh, you didn't see the movie? I didn't see the movie. All right, let me tell you a little story about the movie. Yeah, yeah, Because yeah, I, went, I went opening night, and it was distributed by Warner Brothers, which was interesting. It was new kind of animation. I did watch the Gene Tartakovsky uh, Clone Wars series, uh, which was these small vignettes. As did I. And those were awesome. But but, but here's, a, here's an interesting question, not to interrupt your story, because I sure. want to hear this. Did that, that came out post— Was uh, that post the movie? Post the announcement, I think it was post the announcement and post the movie, right? Yeah, I got a, I, I didn't, I was near. We got a I was, fact check. We don't really like, like, like in my good friend Michael Rappaport's podcast, we're not really known for fact checking. Yeah, as with the this, fans reminded us. Th- this uh, was more reaction. of a, yeah, this was more of a shoot from the hip. Like yeah, I just yeah. brought that up as reference. But I, I do think if if today marks the inaugural uh, announcement of the Clone Wars as a thing, mm. I can only assume that. The Clone Wars cartoon came after this, but now that I think about it, it feels like it came out before. We should check it. We yeah, should check I, it. We should I, do a quick you know Google what? break. Uh, it's I have a computer in front of me, yeah, <laughs> so I can check it. Yeah, this is what's easy to do right now with the uh, internet. Two thousand three. Oh wow! The full series wow. of the Clone Wars was out. So I okay. So now I'm familiar because I remember that I had the DVDs. I watched yeah. those. The reason I bring that up is because I was jazzed. I loved those little vignettes. They were like three they were minutes, great. and they, they were, were great. They were so much fun. But then, to finish the story and make it quick, I went to see it opening night. The Clone Wars animated movie, Dave Filoni, the the the, the movie that started it all. Where Anakin Skywalker is introduced to Ahsoka Tano, his new Jedi Padawan. They have to go rescue a kidnapped hut, mm-hmm. Jabba the Hutt's baby, or baby kid. Yeah. Yeah. And it was the worst movie I think I've seen in a long time. I mean, I'm like, that is worse than the prequels. Wow. That, was the, that movie was worse than the prequels. And this is at the time, again, this is 2008. So we're coming five years after the last Revenge of the Sith. 
And by then, for me, I was still lukewarm on the prequels. Yep. It, it, it's been so many years now that I just right, right. It takes I, a, you know fondness grows over time. Yep. And when you kind of break down the stories and stuff, but when I think about the Clone Wars movie, it has. Let me go to my notes again. Whew. Yeah. It has the first trailer for this movie was released on May eighth, two thousand seven. The movie came out in theaters August fifteenth, two thousand eight, and currently sits. At an 18% Rotten Tomatoes wow. score. Um, some of the – some of the reviews, not good. Some yeah. of the, it's at a 38% audience score. Yeah, you know, and like I think that you know, one, of the, one of the interesting theses that uh, Mark and I were thinking about when we were doing this show is that Clone Wars, I think, offers a really interesting – or holds a really interesting distinction – in the Star Wars uh, uh, universe, in the Star Wars lore, and in the Star Wars fandom, because if you think about it, Clone Wars is potentially one of the great unifiers of Star Wars fandom. Yeah, oh yeah. You know, um, when you watch the original trilogy, and after, you know, obviously we all grew up with the original trilogy kind of in the rearview mirror, because we saw them when we were really young, so when we started getting into the sort of teenage years... We were still obviously huge fans sure. of it, but we weren't getting really any new content aside from the role-playing game and stuff like that. Yeah. But when we all speculated, and in those early days of speculation where there was no blogosphere, where everything was you know, on BBSs and 300 baud modems, mm-hmm. um, your speculation around Star Wars and when you talk about episodes one, two, and three, the only real nuggets that you have to sort of uh, speculate what the story was back then was Obi-Wan's monologue to Luke Skywalker where he talks about how Anakin Skywalker fought during the Clone Wars. He was the best star pilot in the galaxy and yeah. a good friend. Yeah. <laughs> First uh, of all, great impression. Well, thank you. I played Obi-Wan Kenobi in the Star Wars trilogy in 30 minutes, which you can check out a whole rundown of that on the Riley Roundtable, which dropped two weeks ago. Yeah, and check it out because it really is a lot of fun. But um, we we had... We had that little that little glimmer of mm. a backstory was that Anakin Skywalker was instrumental in the Clone Wars, right? And then everybody was speculating, well, what's the Clone Wars? What's the Clone Wars? What's the Clone Wars? So yeah. the Clone Wars, as a as a substrate, as a kind of like an undercurrent, really took us from the end of the original trilogy all the way up to the prequels, and we knew that somehow the Clone Wars were going to play into the prequels, right? right. So we, we had that Clone Wars thing there, and then for what I find really interesting is that after Revenge of the Sith comes out, and I know Revenge of the Sith, my favorite of the Star Wars films, mm-hmm. but um, when it came out, one and two were so negatively received, you know, right. Phantom Menace and, and Clone Wars, that, you know, Revenge of the Sith kind of, you know, Started bringing some people on board because it had a little darker tone. It was a little bit more, you know. Uh, it did. Know. It brought me a, a yeah. little bit. I mean, I remember walking out of it because it, it debuted. I want to say like May fifteenth of two thousand five. I think you're right. Around yeah, yeah, yeah. there because yeah, yeah. it was so close it was to my definitely birthday. Two thousand five. Yeah. So I remember walking out of, the, of Revenge of Sith going, "Thanks, Lucas. That was a great birthday present." You know, yeah, to be yeah, a little bit better. more relieved. Right. It was better. But yeah. you know, so it started bringing some of the fans back. But I think what really started making things right, you know, to quote a phrase from Force Awakens, um, with the with the uh, prequels was when we started seeing some of this Clone Wars, uh, you know, uh, expanded universe type stuff pop right. up. 
the the animated show that has this great sort of Grecian urn mm. vibe to it. Yeah. Um, and then, you know, the announcement of the movie, which the movie got seen with really bad reviews, but then that that animated series by Dave Filoni, I think, uh, gave people a lot of, um, you know, uh, sort of brought a lot of people back into the fray and saying, oh, you know what, like, this is almost justifying or filling in the gaps in a really interesting way that the prequels didn't give me. This is giving me that. Yeah. I The reason I brought up the Clone Wars movie um, is beca- and because of the 18% Rotten Tomato score, mm-hmm. the movie wasn't good. But let's move past that because you were, you were talking about the Clone Wars series. Mm-hmm. And the Clone Wars series was just announced Again, we did the uh, trailer reaction. We talked about it on Jedi Council because there was breaking news. They're bringing it back for 12 episodes yep. for a whole new season, and fans lost their mind. Right. Again, it has the same effect that right? the, sh- the, yeah, the show did. It's Look, a lot of people don't like the sequels. There's a lot of people that don't like the sequels, and I think right. that that number is comparable to the people that don't like the prequels, right? There is a I, I prequels think so. versus sequels thing. There is, and it's usually the original trilogy is is all holy. Nobody touches it. Right. Uh, the prequels, divisive. The sequels, divisive. Yep. The Clone Wars. Let's talk about unifier. that because it's a unifier. Exactly. Yep. Yep. That's the theme of this episode. That's what we're going to get into because the Clone Wars, for whatever reason, have landed in the fandom where you can talk about it and you might not get a lot of pushback. You might not get any push. I don't usually get any pushback. I say I love the Clone Wars and everybody goes, yeah, I do yeah, too. Yeah. And you brought this up, to, and you brought this to my attention. You texted me, and I said, that is a great title. Yeah. That the Clone Wars TV series has become, generally speaking, a unifier amongst the Star Wars fandom. Yeah. And it is a something— A much-needed one. And a much-needed one because it became this ray of light through a lot of, like, eh, you know, divisiveness, yelling and screaming online, you know, Last Jedi this, Last Jedi awful, remake The Last Jedi, ruin Johnson. And then Dave Filoni walks out there and goes, I gotcha. Right. Boom. Twelve episodes. And everybody was just on Star Wars Cloud Nine for the rest I of mean, that look, day. You know, look, obviously, uh, Comic-Con uh, had some great announcements. I personally really loved the Shazam trailer. Um, some, I did, too. Yeah. Some great announcements. There was some great stuff around Halloween that I haven't seen yet. But the footage, oh, supposedly people loved it. I haven't seen it. But yeah, the so, footage I broke it down with Perry on the Riley Roundtable yesterday. It was. Yeah. I yeah. can't wait. Yeah. I can't Riley wait. Roundtable. You can find it every. What is it? Every Wednesday. So you're going to get a double <laughs> dose of Riley in the mornings. The rule of two in the afternoons. The Riley Roundtable. That's right. Yeah. Yeah. But so the, uh, but yeah. So um, but really, I think that the news that kind of stole Comic-Con when it comes to metrics anyway mm. was this Dave Filoni announcement about mm. the Clone Wars uh, and, uh, you know, Clone Wars saved hashtag. And look, speaking of the rule of two, right, like Dave Filoni is the closest thing that we can all agree to as a, being a direct apprentice to yes. George Lucas, right? Yes, he is. He is the Padawan to the master. He is arguably now a master, you know, after the trials – of the Jedi, he has passed them with flying colors because, yep. look, the Clone Wars movie, whatever it may be for you guys, didn't work for a lot of fans. I get it. Me too. But then we get the series. And sure, the series started, and there were some episodes that didn't really land with me. And, you know, I wasn't too into it when it came out right away. Mm-hmm. However, as you start to watch it like I did, and then these episodes, I'm like, these – these episodes are getting better. Mm. And then, wait a minute. These episodes really are going were. deep. Like, these episodes are becoming something that is enhancing that, 
as you referenced, that Obi-Wan speech in A New Hope. He was the best star pilot in the galaxy and a good friend, and right. you see it in right. the Clone Wars series. Yeah. You literally see it. What does he say? He fought alongside me in the Clone Wars. Like, When does he actually uh, recite the Clone Wars word? Uh, he, he goes, your no, my father was a whatever pilot. He's like, that's what your uncle wants you to know. He was. I'm trying to remember the speech. Um, Back in the Clone Wars. Is it Luke that says – You fought in the Clone Wars? Is it Luke that says yeah. Clone Wars first? Yes. You fought in the Clone Wars? I think, I think maybe. I, I can uh, try to maybe pull it up here. Um, yeah, you know, know, and like, you know, Clone as he's Wars. pulling it up, one, one other interesting thing that I want to ask you this, mm. and we can, uh, I'll let you finish your thought, but we should ask you, you know, I, I want to ask you this, which is um, for a lot of people, not me so much, okay, because I actually really have grown to appreciate Hayden Christensen's portrayal of Anakin Skywalker. I have to. You know, I, I have I, to, and, and, I, and it's, it's being mimicked, by the way, by Adam Driver's Kylo Ren. Without a doubt, without it's a like doubt. almost like this unifying theme that that my director Patrick T. Gorman said on the Riley Roundtable in discussion of the Star Wars trilogy. It's like it's a great unifying theme that started with Luke. But I was going to Tatasi Station to pick up some power converters. Right, right, right. Then you have whiny Anakin that a lot of people were, were commenting on in Attack of the Clones and whatnot. And now we have, you know, whiny right. Ben Solo. Right. So Look, there's a, an interesting goes, thing there. It goes back to the whole rite of passage and a boy becoming a man and and, and all of these things. Um, but a lot of people didn't love the uh, the Hayden Christensen portrayal. I thought it was okay. But what, what, what I want to talk about... Um, and I thought it was actually very good in Revenge of the Sith. Um, I think as a physical actor, which is a term that I borrow from my sort of uh, old school theater training and in and, 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 and Shakespeare plays, uh, Shakespeare had a concept uh, that he would cast certain roles in his plays as quote-unquote um, um, uh, physical actors is what he called them. And what that meant was that they could – sure, they could say the lines, but it was far more important – that they could act out the the action. So there was a lot of sword play in early Shakespeare right. stuff. Mm-hmm. So that they had to be very athletic and uh, and very physical. And there's a huge long tradition of physical actors in Hollywood that are some of my favorites: Tom Cruise, um, you know, um, Errol Flynn, mm. uh, Keanu Reeves. Um, and I thought and I thought Hayden Christensen in Revenge of the Sith had a really great physical performance as Anakin Skywalker. But anyway, yes. to get to my question. Because um, I've been thinking a lot about this, everybody seems to like Anakin in the Clone Wars. Yeah, a lot of people say, "Oh, I like the way that they portray Anakin in the Clone Wars." So my question to you is, what do you think is the delta of difference between Hayden's Anakin and the Anakin portrayed in the Clone Wars? Like, why do people like that one more? Why does that one land better as a general consensus? You know, I think it's because of the long form storytelling of that is benefited by the Clone Wars series is that a lot of uh, – I, I saw this on Twitter the other day, which was interesting, was like – and it was about Filoni. It's like why would you want to try to tell a story in under two hours when you can tell a story over many, many seasons? Sure. And those stories, they, they change. The characters are enhanced. You have the highs, the lows. You can really dig in deep and pull out those nuances of a character. So I think what works well for Anakin is that you can see instead of just a two-hour jolt of character with like Attack of the Clones where it's like, I hate sand, mm. and you can't really go into why. It does really get everywhere. Yeah. <laughs> it does get anywhere. I've been at the beach. Yeah. Um, but 
you really can't you got to jump you, you they're broad strokes of the movie because you can't focus completely on Anakin, right? You got to jump to Obi-Wan's side mission, you know, with Jango Fett. You got to jump to the you know, the end. You got to get the love scenes right, in revealing there. Revealing the clones for the Revealing first. the clones. There's yeah. a lot there's a lot of base you need to cover in Attack of the Clones. But when you are talking about the Clone Wars, you have, well, this episode is about Anakin and Obi-Wan doing this. And this episode's about Padme and whatnot. This episode's about Ahsoka and this. And this is the Night Sisters. And this is the blah, 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 right? So the way I feel about it is Anakin was over time accepted as a great character in Clone Wars because we spent so much time with him. And you started to look at the nuance of the character and the dialogue and that some some episodes were Anakin heavy, some episodes were Obi Wan heavy, some were Padme, some were even Jar Jar got some some love in the Clone Wars. But I think that it's because Anakin got to be really truly fleshed out over many many episodes that we buy him more, we mm. we we acknowledge or we identify with him more. Who plays him in the? Uh, because I want to say his name, I just don't know it. Who plays him in the Clone Wars? I will find it right now. Uh, I know James. Arnold Taylor played Obi-Wan. Anakin Skywalker right. voice in Clone Wars. We're going to get it. Matt Latner. Matt Latner. So yeah. is there something, and, and I hear everything you're saying, and I agree with it, that the Clone Wars allows you to flesh out the character of Anakin Skywalker more so you start to relate to him better. Mm. You start to understand his choices better. You start to understand his conflict better uh, between the light and the dark. And that's something that I always thought the Clone Wars did very well was accentuate the struggle between the light and the dark. Right. And Anakin, um, in, in some episodes, he's very light. In other episodes, he's going half and half. And in other episodes, you get the sense that he lets his anger get the best of him. Mm. And you really start to see that, that young Darth Vader. But how much of it do you think is literally based on the performance of Hayden versus Latner? You know, that's a good question. It's all subjective. I mean, I think that you can look at the performance of Hayden Christensen and and hate it for Attack of the Clones and maybe like it a little bit more in Revenge of the Sith because he grew as a not only an actor but the character grew. Yeah, I think a lot of it has to do with the writing. I'm going to be okay. honest with you. I think the Clone Wars were better writing than the prequels. Okay. I'll just say that. Okay, I think absolutely. I don't know if I agree with that. I think completely, you, but I understand what you're saying. I think you have a little bit more. And again. It's because you had a little bit more to work with. You had longer brush strokes rather than quick, you know, we got to get it. We got to get a lot of character in this scene, especially if you think of Attack of the Clones and that god awful sand gets everywhere love scene. Yeah. Where, where they're on the prairie. Yeah. It's, yeah. I dare not uh, offend the senator. Right. It. <laughs> <laughs> Attack of the Clones being I find much, the worst Star Wars I'm much movie. Too, uh, I'm much too wise to uh, to offend a senator. Mm. Or, or, yeah, <laughs> so wise there, Anakin. But I think that but that's the that was the point of that character. I right. know what George Lucas was trying to do. Yeah, yeah, yeah. He was really trying to show a, a cocky, you know, cocksure guy that's really and he would say things that were stupid. Right. Why? Because he's in love with Padme, and he would say stupid. How many things? How many times when you yeah. be around beautiful woman, you say something stupid? Look, and 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 our good friend Jeremy Johns has a theory about Anakin that I actually like a lot, which is that Anakin actually used his um, force powers and his abilities uh, to influence, um, dare I say, weaker minds uh, to mm. think what he wanted them to think. And in the beginning of the Clone Wars, uh, when they go into that um, bar 
like at the bottom of Coruscant and mm. like in the lower levels of Coruscant. That's that's probably my favorite part. That that like that um that uh that Anakin is actually um you know sort of influencing even the minds in there to sort of look at him as a powerful Jedi. You know, this is we're here on Jedi business. And if you see in that scene there's a woman that looks at Anakin with kind of like, you know, sort of, sort of glazed, you know, like like star starstruck eyes or love struck sure. eyes and that it's possible that Anakin was actually trying to manipulate um Padme into falling in love with him. Mm, that's um, an interesting take. That where the love may have not as been as genuine like from the beginning mm-hmm. that there was some uh, potentially immature wants and needs from Anakin using his incredible force powers to sway Padme into doing what she knew was not right, which was to fall in love with Anakin. You think he was Jedi mind-tricking her? That some subtleties of a Jedi mind-trick to get Padme to fall in love with him, and it's actually... Am I going to have to go watch Attack of the Clones now? Yes, you are going to have to watch (laughs) Attack of the Clones, but it's actually enforced in Revenge of the Sith, in that that infamous scene, perhaps, Mm. where they're on the balcony, and... um, and, and, and I'm so said, in love with you. Oh, I, how can that be? I'm so in love with you. And he's like, yeah, well, you're so in love with you because I'm so in love with you or, right. or, or something like that. He's like, that's not exactly what I meant. What he's actually trying to say there in subtext is actually kind of interesting. She says love is blind. That, uh, I remember her saying like, yeah, yeah, so yeah, love yeah. is blind yeah, yeah, or yeah. something so, like so that. Lo- yeah. yeah, he says love is blind. He's like, that's not exactly what I meant. What I think he may have meant that there is so much love there mm. because Anakin is using his force powers – to guarantee that the love is there, to guarantee that he feels like his force powers are actually even uh, making Padme more beautiful than 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 she normally would be, you know. And, and I think that there's like there's some subtle hints. It is like it goes into the realm of speculation, but there's some subtle hints there that reinforce that in the film. I gotta watch this now because that is interesting to me. Because one, it's it's crazy to think. But it's also – it can be backed up in the sense that if you look at Revenge of the Sith, he tries – he's going to use his power. He wants – the reason why he falls to the dark side is to learn the powers to save her from dying. Right. So essentially manipulating yeah, life. It, look, at and, it's a and, self-fulfilling prophecy. It, it, yes. Oftentimes in relationships – not to get too human here, but oftentimes in relationships, jealousy is born out of some very simple base – bad human needs, which is right. to the fear of loss, right? The fear yep. of loss brings forth jealousy. Yep. Um, and jealousy often brings forth irrational, paranoid thoughts that mm. aren't really based in anything except fear, right? And fear yeah. makes us think in different ways. And oftentimes that fear and that jealousy can be so powerful that it can actually dictate um, – it can actually – uh, dictate the future, right? It's like mm-hmm. Einstein said. It's like the you know, if you modulate your reality in a specific frequency, you're going to get that frequency, right? That's physics. Right. If you modulate your reality that Padme is going to die, mm-hmm. then she's going to die. Right. You know, if you modulate your reality that Riley and I are going to do the Rule of Two podcast, then here we are. Here and we're we are do- doing the Rule of Two podcast, right? Yep. Like you can modulate your reality and create that reality to be true. This is actually a physical truth. So for all the you know all the listeners out there that have dreams and want to modulate their own reality, it's a physical truth that you can do it. So I uh, I'll, I'll I'll add one in there too. The Alchemist. Have you read The Alchemist? No. It's it's this. 
It, right. is, it is that the universe will – once you want something, the universe will conspire to help you achieve that. They right. will, they will, the universe will put things in front of you to help on your journey. And The Alchemist is all about a story, very, very Obi-Wan and Luke, where he's sitting under a tree and he says there's treasure out there across the way. And a wizard walks by and says, here's your golden feather. Here's your map. Go find that treasure. End of the end of the book, he says, there's no treasure here. Why? Because it was always under the seat he was at under the tree. It was right. there under the tree all along. You had to go on this journey to realize the treasure was always within you. Yeah. I love that idea. Absolutely. I love yeah. I love the idea of I think that's why people like our Star Wars podcast because we're not just talking <laughs> right. about Star Wars. Yeah, look, Star Wars relates like you know, and this is again going it's back bigger, to bigger, yeah, so much bigger. The myths, why, the everything. Yeah, you know, the, these are utilities to teach us lessons about life. Like yes. that's what stories are for. But going back to Anakin, Anakin modulated this reality of Padme being in danger, and ultimately he was the one that through his own anger. Killed her. And she didn't die of a broken heart or any of this stuff. Um, she died because Anakin Skywalker was so angry and so jealous when he saw her with Obi-Wan. Mm-hmm. And you brought him here to kill me. Mm-hmm. That he, you know, the first time we actually see Anakin, I believe, in the films, maybe in the Clone Wars, he does this. I think he does do it in the Clone Wars a few times, actually, in, in some great scenes. Mm-hmm. But where he does the force choke right. on Padme and. Um, Obi-Wan walks over after he says, let her go, Anakin, and she's still alive. Mm-hmm. But, but you know, who knows the kind of f- physiological damage that Anakin did to her. That's what I've always gone with. That's I, what turned him. It's not her dying as much as as the jealousy consumed him. Yeah. I, I mean the, the choking of Padme was the – that was his final turn mm-hmm. as Darth Vader. Mm-hmm. <clears throat> he had already taken on the mantle. You know, Darth Sidious said, you know, heads full. The other right, but, then, but then his, his purpose for doing it was to save her. To save her. Right. And yet he's the one that killed her. Right. So because of his anger, because – and that, again, goes back to Sidious, the master manipulator, the yeah. puppet master, the phantom menace, all of that, which is why I love Sidious, which yeah. is one of my favorite characters as well. But uh, I want to go back to this unifier thing. Yes. Yeah. This, this, yep. The Clone Wars being this unifying thing. Do you have any – first, let's celebrate the Clone Wars series because yeah, it, it, so it became good. something that was so good in those lost episodes that finally came out on Netflix yeah. where it was – I believe that's season six. Or, yeah. Or is it season five? It's season five. Season five, yeah. Uh, let, let me actually – I have a list of some of the most popular ones and they happen to be also some of my favorites. Mm. I particularly go to Yoda going to Dagobah and you know, essentially finding – the a, a darkness there, yeah. and Darth Bane makes an appearance, yeah. and um, that was one of my favorites. When he's like when Yoda starts digging into the dark yeah. side, that w- stuff wasn't was there a incredible. famous actor played Darth Darth Bane. That famous actor was Mark Hamill. Oh wow, he voiced Darth wow. Bane, yeah, which yeah. was such a great thing That's because great. Yeah, this yeah. is you're watching this thing right, and then you you realize and through the internet was of course there. And you're on there going, Clone Wars, Clone Wars, and you learn that Mark Hamill's doing it as Darth Bane. It's just this wonderful Star Wars kind of yeah. full circle thing yeah, 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 before great. the sequel trilogy. Yeah. You're getting Mark Hamill back in the Star Wars universe, and that's exciting. Is that, is that the episode where um, Sidious and Dooku are like doing some magic and, uh, and Yoda – uh, or what, which is the episode that, that, that Yoda goes and has the talk with uh, with Sifo-Dyas? 
Ooh, that's a good question. I don't know. I mean, it would have to be. So the one I'm referring to is season six is called Sacrifice. Okay. So that's Yoda and Darth Bane's ghost. Um, and it was the final episode of the Netflix season. Yeah. Oh, okay, okay. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. Uh, Yoda faces the dark side on Moraband. Sorry, not Dagobah, but Moraband. Yeah, yeah, Moraband. And he gets a glimpse of the Sith and what the future holds. Everything he goes through leads to him ultimately being worthy of training with Qui-Gon Jinn and how to retain his consciousness right. in death. So that's, again, the Clone Wars is expanding this mythology that we only touched on in the movies. Yeah. Um, but back to your question, I'm not sure exactly what episodes are right now I have – some of the best episodes yeah, out like, there. I love the episodes. I don't know them by name. No, I, and I don't I, I either. I probably know Star Trek episodes even better in terms of from that perspective. Oh, the name and the blah, blah, blah. Right. But I I remember the story arcs and uh, that last season, uh, Ahsoka's gone. Right. Um, because I, I think the season finale is the one where she quits the Jedi is is uh, the season before, I believe. I'm yeah. not 100% sure. The, and it is it is listed here. I'm on Sci-Fi Wire, which is sci-fi.com. They say that the number one episode of all time is the one you're referring to called The Wrong Jedi Season 5 ends with Ahsoka, Ahsoka leaving, yeah, leaving and, the and, Jedi Order. I, and I love that episode because if I'm getting my episodes correct, but mm-hmm. I know it's the right arc, um, Asajj Ventress... Um, tells Anakin that it's um, this young Jedi, this young female Jedi. I forget her name right now. Um, the uh, the friend of uh, of Ahsoka, who's mm-hmm. the one that turns bad. Right, right. Uh, I, I remember. And, and again, guys, for the for the sweaties yeah. of the of the Jedi Council, there's your Ken Napsocks and your right, Christian right. Harloff. Yeah. You tweet, can tune tweet, in. Tweet at them. Tweet at them. Tweet at them. We're we're gonna touch on everything. You know, I can. Verbatim the movies, sure, and know a lot about the movies. When it comes to the Clone Wars series, we we love it, but yeah, sorry just, for not being just for riffing on this while we bring up the things that really stuck yeah, with yeah, us. Yeah, yeah, we don't have com- like he has a computer, but we're not looking stuff up. We're not fact checking, yeah. okay? Yeah. Um, but um, it has one of my favorite scenes in the Clone Wars is that episode where Anakin um, Anakin has a confrontation with Asajj Ventress, mm-hmm. and Asajj Ventress tells him it's this character. We should just find out. Let's do a quick Google break. Okay. Uh, let's find out her name. Um, Asajj Ventress. Hold on. Uh, uh, Padawan that goes – you guys are getting our actual uh, search term here. Padawan that goes bad, Clone Wars, female. Ahsoka Tano was forced to leave the Jedi Order because of a crime she didn't do. She got betrayed by one of her friends, Barris Offi. Barris Offi. This is the character. Time has passed, and Ahsoka finds out her master is the perf- well, you know, powerful Sith Lord Darth Vader. That's in Rebels. There it is, Barris Offi, and that was from Massage Ventress. It was yes. kind of tipping her off to that, which it was almost like a um, like a terrorist kind of threat within the Jedi Order yeah, and yeah, starts killing, dropping bombs and that kind of stuff. Yeah, very interesting. And then so there's this great scene where uh, Anakin believes Asajj enough to go investigate this and he walks into her room and in her room because Asajj Ventress had, had lost her lightsabers. Right. This young Jedi had taken Asajj's lightsabers. Right, which so is she a was, no-no in the Jedi Order. And she was without lightsabers. Yeah. You know, when, when Anakin confronted her she didn't have a lightsaber. Right. And it was actually a very, very interesting scene. So Anakin walks into Barris – what's her name? Barris Offie. Barris Offie's room, and he sees that she's got her lightsaber like on a little nightstand, like you know, propped up in some like nice, cool way. And I love the scene when Anakin walks in and like uses his force powers 
to like before he even says a word to her, mm-hmm. he uses his force powers to take the lightsaber mm-hmm. out of the table, and he's the one holding the lightsaber because he already in his head is like, well, you know what? Asajj is probably right about this. I'm not going to take any chances. I'm going to walk into this room and I'm going to like I'm going to take away her lightsaber before I start questioning her. Right. And like that, you know, that to me I just thought was was really cool narrative. Of course, you discover that she indeed does have Asajj Ventress's lightsabers. She busts out the two red lightsabers, and then this is the only time that I think of in Star Wars where we see Anakin Skywalker fighting with two blue lightsabers. Right. Because he takes out his and hers, mm-hmm. and they have a four lightsaber battle uh, with two reds and two blues, which right. I thought was, was a very, very cool scene. So well, I, think we're, I think we're down a rabbit hole here. But we went a down a hole. rabbit hole, but it's a yeah. good rabbit hole because basically I asked you what's some of your favorite of the Clone Wars, and you yeah. gave it to me. Yeah, yeah, you, yeah. You went down that rabbit hole because there is so much that you can – get from this not only did the clone wars expand on anakin as we kind of discussed i'm like why did we like anakin more in the clone wars i kind of broke yeah. it down is it the writing is it because long-form storytelling but then we have so you're Ahsoka. right it's exposition it's exposition yeah 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 yeah. you it's, get to see more of him you more get more of, of them and you get more you get more storytelling so you know why and i love that it all goes back to that obi-wan i was once a jedi knight same as your father we fought in the clone wars it was luke that brought it brought it up i was the jedi that you know your best star pilot in the galaxy you fought in the, you fought in the clone wars yeah i love that that exposition in a new hope is so beautifully done and so important and it's so important and it stuck with us yeah and 1977 you get a you get a a venerable actor in alec guinness says Clone Wars, and that captured our imagination to where in 2008 we get a movie. Yeah. It's, it, it's incredible to think that that kept going. Um, you but, know, let me touch on one little thing because it's just you, – you, you just talking just gave me um, – put an idea in my head. And I, love is, it. I love it when I put ideas in your head. Yeah, yeah. This is, this is then I know one. you're, you're going to bring out something cool to talk about. So, um, so – Probably one of the most controversial scenes in The Last Jedi and one of the scenes that I thought was completely inconsistent mm. was uh, Luke Skywalker tossing the lightsaber over his shoulder. I, right. uh, people love it, but like whether you like it or not, irrelevant because I, like, I think it makes an interesting point here. Um, so I started thinking about this the other day, and I was like somebody I think uh, in the comments or maybe it was you yourself that brought this up to me, and I thought it was a good point, mm. that in Empire – no, in, in, in Return Jedi. of the Jedi – uh, Luke throws the lightsaber away as well, right? Yep. Um, and I started thinking about these two things, if they were apples, if it was an apples-to-apples apples comparison. And and here's why I believe that it isn't. In in um, Revenge, I'm sorry, Return of the Jedi, which was supposed to be called Revenge of the Jedi. It right? was supposed to be, yeah. I have that poster for Oh, do you? Yeah, yeah, yeah. So uh, yeah. in Return of the Jedi, when Luke throws away his lightsaber, it's very specific reason why he's doing it in defiance of the emperor mm-hmm. and in telling the emperor, I will not be turned to the dark side like my father before me. Right. So if you want me to strike him down with my weapon, you, you know, sorry, but that's not going to happen. Here's my weapon and I'm going to throw it aside. Like I choose to not go down the path of the dark side very by, true. by eliminating my weapon, right? right. By, by letting go of my weapon. I think that that's very, very different. Then here's your lightsaber back, mm-hmm. and let me toss this lightsaber out because um, I I don't want to be involved in whatever's going on now, right? Like it's not a choice about good versus evil. 
it was a choice of indifference, which right. is why I thought it was a little strange. So do you want to comment on that? Because I, I have I, one more point. I have one more point. Finish your point, and then I'll comment on it as okay. my rebuttal. Sure, sure. <laughs> so, um, so going back to Clone Wars, there's a very cool part in Clone Wars where Anakin throws out his lightsaber. Mm-hmm. And it's um, and it's an episode that I forget in what arc it is, but it's an episode where uh, Padme is having uh, has a friendship with uh, somebody who's like a senator or something like that. Yeah, who's like, oh involved, I remember this. Yeah. Who's involved in the banking guild or, mm-hmm. or something like that? With actually the Munes, and the Munes are the species that uh, that um, Plagueis that Plagueis is. Yeah, yeah. so um, he's involved in the banking guild with the Munes. And him and Padme are like trying to solve some political economic thing, right? Right. Which is always that show was not meant for kids because like like they were talking about economic and political policy in there that was even beyond me. So yeah, it, I, it, I I think you have the 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 cool animation and lightsabers for the kids and the political intrigue for the adults. <laughs> yeah, so you know? so yeah. anyway, there's a great scene where again, uh, to your point, which has a very very good point. There's added exposition in the Clone Wars. That touches upon this jealousy concept of Anakin. Right. And I remember Anakin, that. Anakin gets very jealous mm-hmm. over um, this dude and his relationship with Padme. And there's this great scene where Anakin uh, storms in and um, and Padme and this character are very close. And it almost looks or intonates like they're going to maybe kiss. Right. You know, like, like, like even though you know that Padme is very loyal, like she's under the spell, right? She's very loyal. So you don't feel like she's actually going to do it, but the scene gives that impression that it's possible. Anakin walks in, and the anger of of young Darth Vader just comes through. Yep, and, I remember uh, this episode. It's great. And uh, Anakin, you know, I think goes for his lightsaber or something like that, and the guy goes, oh, what? You're going to fight me with your lightsaber? Mm. So Anakin takes the lightsaber mm. and tosses, Thrust, tosses it. it. Right. And says, I don't need this fucking lightsaber to yep. take care of your ass. Swear jar. Yeah, swear jar. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry. But I don't need the lightsaber to take care of you. And then it turns into like a fist fight. Right. Of Anakin Skywalker just demolishing this guy with his fists. I always love that scene. And I know how it can tie to the physical act of Luke throwing the lightsaber. Sure, sure. TLJ throwing the lightsaber again, which I'll get to. Anakin did it out of ego. And Anakin did it out of, oh, I can, I don't need this. Yeah. And I'm going to swear, motherfucker. Yeah, yeah. I, I can kick your ass just like this because yeah. I'm the best there is. Right, which is cool. It's cool. It's and cool it's, storytelling. And it's consistent with Anakin. And I love the echoes that are within the Star Wars universe. You find them in the Clone Wars series as yeah, well. Yeah. Um, to my rebuttal of, yes, the idea of Luke throwing the lightsaber down in Jedi. Yeah. Not only does he do it in defiance, I'm not going to strike my father down and go to the dark, dark side. But you know, it's interesting to me because he throws it down in the face of his own enemy, which is Darth Sidious right there, and he's vulnerable. Right. He has no weapon to block the Force lightning. Great point. Yeah. So when I look at that, there's shades of that with Rey handing the, the lightsaber to Luke on Octu. But it's more along the lines of the a Jedi – and, and believe me, and we, we stumbled on something on Jedi Council, the video portion last week when we were taking over. J.J. introduced – a very big mystery box element to the Star Wars universe that's never really been there. Of course, it was before social media, so Luke, you know, I am your father, is right. a whole different beast, right. you know, if you're looking at it back then. However, now, 
All we did was think about we have this lightsaber now. It's the original. It's the one that was cut off his hand in Bespin. And how did how did she get it? How did she get it? And oh my god! And what is he going to do? What is he going to do? What is he going to do? And he tosses it. And two years of speculating, and two years of wondering, and two years of this, all out the fucking window. When Luke Skywalker goes, "Don't need this." You know why I liked it? It's because a Jedi doesn't need attachment to anything. And he throws that lightsaber. Because no, I don't have any. I don't have any ties to this. I'm a Jedi Master. That's that's my old life. Boom, gone. That's why I love it. Okay, it's so Look, consistent I, with the Luke that I love. That grew yeah. because he had an attachment to his friends in Empire. And what's interesting about Empire is that he has an attachment to his friends and has to go save them. Obi Wan and Yoda say, "Don't do it. Don't do it. You're not ready." And he goes. And what happens to that attachment is literally cut off by his Darth Vader. Right. Cuts it off. And cuts that weapon out not only to gain the advantage and get him to the dark side, but it's so metaphorical in my mind that that that, that attachment was literally cut off him because he went and went against his masters in Yoda and Obi-Wan and went to save his friends. Okay, so you're saying it has an echo of the defiance yep. as well. There's an echo of defiance for sure, but there's also for me a very big Luke moment. That he is not attached to these things anymore. Okay, so first of all, you make very, very good points. And, I try, and and I understand how you're tying it in because look, my but big, I can buy your point. You make a great point yeah, as yeah, well. Look, my my big critique of Last Jedi mm-hmm. is that it's very inconsistent with the rest of Star Wars, and That's you're a, making a point that mm-hmm. there's that there is some consistency there. Oh yeah, I, I see consistencies and echoes all over the place. Yeah. Okay. So. Um, but I do think, and it's funny because I actually do believe this is one of the deleted scenes, mm-hmm. that that would have made more sense because when you just said, this lightsaber is part of my past, I have no attachments, right. which is like what Yoda teaches Anakin or what he tries to teach Anakin. Like, mm-hmm. leave the attachments behind. Like, attachments lead to jealousy and hate, and, the, and these are all paths to the dark side. Right. Um, so Luke not having an attachment to that one particular hilt even though it was his father's, even though it was the one that Obi-Wan gave him, mm-hmm. even though it was the one that his father struck from his own hands, that obviously it's going to have some kind of emotional resonance. I'm that sure the fact did. that it doesn't can say, hey, this guy is a, is a learned Jedi master that doesn't need any of this crap. I, I, I actually like that. I think that would have been better served maybe, and this is possibly why that deleted scene was in the movie to start with, mm-hmm. of Luke... Like like tinkering with his current lightsaber mm. because the lightsaber is the weapon it's of a, a Jedi Knight, right? So a Jedi without a lightsaber, like even Yoda had a lightsaber, like, right? Knowledge know, and defense is yeah. what they would use it for. The lightsaber right? is is that trinket that is that worst case scenario thing that you can resort to. But I believe that there's a deleted scene in the Last Jedi that has Luke. Thinking about Han Solo tinkering with a lightsaber. I'm not sure. I got to check that out. I don't. Yeah, I, I think so. I would like to see that because that's interesting to me. Yeah, I mean, because, I, it, it, because that actually reinforces a little bit of what you're saying. Let me see here. Uh, deleted scene. I'm going to, you know, don't you guys love it when we Google on air? Uh, deleted lightsaber scene, uh, Last Jedi. Uh, let's see what pops up. Now, I've watched a lot of the deleted scenes. Throws the lightsaber away. Throws the light deleted scene footage revealed. Luke's deleted scene explained. You know, I don't see anything is, is right there, off the bat. Isn't there a deleted scene uh, where Luke is thinking about Han? 
Lucan. Yes, there is a scene where he goes into his hut and he sits down and he has like a moment. Okay, but there's no lightsaber in that scene. Although, no. yeah, 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 you do see the lightsaber there. You do see it, right? No, is that a? Maybe. Yeah, yeah, you see a lightsaber at, like on the table. There's a lightsaber. There's two of them actually. Interesting. Yeah. Okay. Ooh, I like this plane here. You're getting a little bit of music for your yeah. podcast listening. Yeah, look, look, hold on. Let me ch- check it out. There is a, there's a lightsaber on the table. Oh, yeah, there is. So, which is interesting because, to your point, and this actually makes me understand, or not understand it, but forgive it a little bit more. Ooh, I, I, hey, I'll take it. Yeah, I'll take it. Is that he had a light, he has a lightsaber. Right. He has a new lightsaber forged of new um, religious beliefs, uh, like a new crystal that has different emotional implications. Right. right. Which is the path of the Jedi, right? Like the yep. Jedi forges his lightsaber. The lightsaber is very personal. And we saw an episode of that with Ahsoka that takes the Jedi Padawan to go pick their crystals. Right. Right. I love. Right. I can. We can tie yeah. everything back to this Clone Wars. Yeah. Yeah. yeah That's yeah, a, yeah. again bringing back the theme. But I want to finish your uh, thought. Yeah. So look. Um, so anyway, my thought is that. Um, the whole concept of the tossing of the lightsaber does have precedent, and you actually something that I, I reacted so negatively to. If you start thinking about it, there there are other elements of characters doing the same thing throughout Star Wars. Anakin before he gets into the fist fight, mm-hmm. and anyway, all all of these great things. But now to tie it back to the overall theme, which mm-hmm. I think is a is, is a really interesting one is that now after these highly divisive sequels, and they are very divisive, I think maybe Rogue One is probably the least divisive of them. I think that's the one that's most yeah. universally accepted. I by think all so. the, yeah, I think so. The prequelists like me consider it a prequel. You know, like we yeah. take it into the prequel thing. It's definitely a pre- well, it's it, by des- by definition, it's a prequel. Sure. Yeah, yeah. But I think it's yeah, it's the least divisive because it's pretty straightforward. Yeah, you're and getting ben Mendelsohn's performance is unbelievable. Unbelievable. And- uh, I think uh, Felicity Jones is fantastic. Yeah. Um, I think I think the supporting cast of Boz and and um, Chirrut are, are astoundingly yeah. good. But you know what? What I want to use these last few minutes for because we got we got John. It's actually John Roca literally stalking. Uh, Oh uh, yeah, the, he's, uh, the podcast. He's studio. like he's like Darth Maul outside of the the, the <laughs> yeah. thing, waiting for Qui Gon to get off his knees and fight. Yeah, yeah. But you know, just 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 to throw out some starting some some clothing uh, closing thoughts. Um, the sequels have been very 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 divisive. They have. Okay. Yeah, I can't argue with that. And shout out, and I'm going to say it. Shout out to Disney, Kathleen Kennedy, Dave Filoni, um, for giving us that unifying substrate of the Clone Wars mm-hmm. as a as an announcement of, you know, the Clone Wars, again, is this thing that has historically tied. It tied the original trilogy to the prequels because that's all we had to speculate with was right. what happens in the Clone Wars. How does Anakin become Darth Vader? It happens in the Clone Wars. After the prequels come out, the Clone Wars kind of, fill in a lot of the gaps and a lot of the disdain, a lot of the displeasure that we had with the prequels. The Clone Wars did that for us. Fast forward, now you have the sequel movies. Those are divisive. Those are causing rifts between the fans and all this toxicity that everybody keeps talking about. Sure. And then, thank goodness that they understand that the Clone Wars can be this unifying substrate, bring out, announce this 12-episode arc of the Clone Wars, uh, give people something to cheer for together, right? Give yeah. all of the different factions of Star Wars a chance to cheer for something together, even though there are people out there 
that hate the Clone Wars, which is ridiculous because the Clone Wars are pretty damn cool. Yeah, and to each their own. To each I their mean, own. Yeah. You know, if you don't like it, great. You don't have to tell me to go. You know, f my mother. Right. But you know, <laughs> right, right, right. But for the most part, it's a unifier. And now that we have this twelve episode arc, which I believe will come out in this new Disney streaming service that everybody's very excited about. Correct. Twelve episodes, uh, all very exciting. Here's my here's my one question. Okay. Okay. Um, and I've been waiting to ask this of you because, like, I've been thinking about this, and I got to admit that I've heard this from a few friends. Uh, Harloff and I talked a little bit about this. Uh, I've been reading some fan some some fan theories about this. Mm, what trying. do you think about the idea that in this new Clone Wars twelve episode arc, obviously we're going to talk about um, the uh, the Siege of Mandalore. That's always going to be a thing. Mm-hmm. You're obviously going to get some uh, Darth Maul tie-ins between. Uh, Clone Wars and maybe Han Solo, right? Like, like, like. How does I, he become? I would, I, you know what? That's a good point. Yeah. I would love that. Yeah, because yeah, yeah, we yeah. have da- Sons of Dathomir uh, was the comic series that you know came out because the Clone Wars ended abruptly. So they did put it and adapt it into comic book form. But what does he say at the end of Solo? He says, "Come to Dathomir. Right. You know, you're going to have to come." And he's doing whatever. I love that idea too that it could tie into Solo. Yeah. Because I thought that was an unfortunate casualty in the solo box office failure, is that we're never going to get get at some answers. Yeah, yeah. You know, I would have loved to have seen, and we but, were all wondering. You know, but 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 here's the here's the real question, and mm, I think uh, I know where you're going. In the Clone Wars twelve episode arc, there's a lot of people that believe, me maybe included, mm-hmm. is that halfway through the Clone Wars season, it'll be going on. On the same exact timeline as Revenge of the Sith. Yeah. I'm wondering. I'm wondering. Now, a part of me doesn't think so um, because of a lot of ground that they probably want to cover in these 12 episodes. Darth Maul on Dathomir maybe. The Mandalorian kind of uh, siege that you kind of reference. Some of the loose ends, Ahsoka. I don't know if we're going to get to revisit with Ahsoka because by now to. we yeah. have to, right? Yeah, and yeah. It, She's in the trailer. Right. That's right. Yeah. So she shows up again in Rebels. We get a little backstory there. We have Darth Maul showing up, so we have that. I'm just wondering if what you're referring to maybe is Darth Vader wrecking shop. I I think that somewhere, maybe somewhere in between, like in the middle of this of, of the series. And this is what I've heard more than what I directly think, but I'm intrigued by this theory. Is that somewhere in the middle of of Clone Wars? Anik, uh, the uh, the chancellor will be kidnapped mm-hmm. by by Grievous. Grievous. Yep. Anakin and Obi Wan get called to rescue the chancellor, mm-hmm. and this is where you get the split of uh, Rex and Ahsoka mm-hmm. going off on their own storyline. Right. That may or may not have something to do with Darth Maul, or maybe more tied into the uh, siege of of of, of, um, of Mandalore mm-hmm. and that whole Mandalore thing that kind of it permeates throughout Rebels. Yes. But that events that are happening in the Clone Wars are happening at the same time that they're happening in um, Revenge of the Sith, and that the Clone Wars season ends with Ahsoka knowing that her master became Darth Vader and feeling guilty for not being there for him while the transformation was happening. Now, I don't want to call you out or have the fans out there call you out, but I think that was explored in Rebels. I'm not sure because I've only seen the episodes once, to be honest with you. 
but Ahsoka then figured out Darth Vader was Anakin she, in Rebels. Oh, she she didn't know. I don't think she okay, knew. Okay, I get it. Okay, fair enough. Right, yeah. Right, right. You know, you're right. You're but right. But I love that idea, and I don't see why to kind of back up your It's point. a fair point, though. That actually does throw away the theory a little bit. It, it does. Yeah, yeah, But yeah. also I could see an element of that working a flash forward, a flash sideways. Star Wars is starting to play with, with flashbacks yeah. now. In the, and in I there. look, this is a good opportunity. There is some there is some fodder there. And I look, obviously what I would want more than anything, to your point, is that if in Clone Wars the finale is finally us seeing like minute for minute, scene for scene, blow for blow, lightsaber swipe for lightsaber swipe, Anakin Skywalker taking out the Jedi Temple and not uh you know and avoiding the younglings at all costs and just going after the elder jedi that that's what we wanted yeah 10 years ago we never Ten, got we never got we kind of got a hey here you go rogue one you know right vader finally vadering it up right you right know, wrecking right. the ship it's a good theory i like it i would love to i personally as a fan i think it would be fantastic to have it end with you know obi-wan and anakin getting on their ship going right into the opening of Revenge of the Sith. Oh, yeah, that's nice, too. That could be a nice little bow. Yeah. But what I, as a storyteller, what I could see also being very cool is essentially a pro, uh, uh, like a prologue, not a prologue, sorry, what's the word, an epilogue of then we see a little bit of Vader action, to your point. That would be sweet. I could see that, that as well. I'm going to put it out there to the listeners at home now. What do you think and yeah. what do you want to see from the this cars. new? Look, people are starting to get to their destinations. It's yep. getting closer to that time. It's getting closer. And it's the it's the first episode of The yeah. Rule of Two. I want to thank you guys for uh We can keep going, in. guys. We can keep going. But I, I want to get – but you know what's great is that we get to do this next week. Yeah, yeah. And we will continue to, to bring up interesting topics that break – the fandom down, the, the the Star Wars saga down. What I loved about that converse, conversation, Fernandez, is that we 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 aimed for talking about the Clone Wars, and we touched on the Last Jedi, Force Awakens, Return of the Jedi, yeah. A New Hope, the Clone Wars, Rebels. So it's, much. It's all tied together. It is all tied together, and we love it. We discussed it. We might different. We, we might have different opinions about the movies or our favorites or lack thereof or whatever. But when we come together to talk Star Wars, I have a Fucking good time. Swear jar. Yeah, yeah. And look, and just like the Clone Wars inspired us to talk about the unification of the Star Wars fandom. Because I think that's so absolutely yeah, true. We hope this podcast is a tiny little drop in the swear jar of toxicity fandom yeah. on the light side to bring people together, have fun talking Star Wars. Send us questions. Maybe we should take some questions. I, I hashtag think so. rule of two. Yes, please uh, start a hashtag. Hashtag rule of two. This is our Star Wars podcast. We do want to take your Twitter questions. You can hit us up at Riley Around and at Mark Fernandez seventy six. Is that correct? That's correct. Yeah. And just start throwing some questions your way. What do you what What kind of topics do you want us to discuss? Do you want us to go deep dives into certain movies? Do you want to just cover it all? We want to hear from you. This is really fun, Mark Fernandez. This is a great first episode. I yeah, would yeah, say. it was a lot of fun, man. A lot of fun. Till till next time. Till next time, guys. This has been the Rule of Two, a Star Wars podcast. You can see it again on the Jedi Council Podcast One feed that will drop every Wednesday in the morning. Look out for it, and then stay tuned for later on in the afternoon for my own podcast, the Riley Roundtable. We'll touch on all of this. This has been great. Thanks for tuning in, everyone. Make sure you also subscribe to Collider Video and stay tuned for a new episode of. Jedi Council dropping every Thursday afternoon 
here on Collider Video. See you next time. We begin today's meditation with a few sipping exercises to remind us a little treat can go a long way. So pick up your McCafe iced coffees, close your eyes, and deep sip in. And deep satisfaction out. <sighs> Take a treat retreat at McDonald's. Right now, get a McCafe iced coffee in any size and any flavor for just 99 cents until 11 a.m. Price of participation may vary. Want to hear something amazing? Discover matches all the cash back you earn on your credit card at the end of your first year, automatically, dollar for dollar, with no limit on how much you can earn. Extra cash? Come on, how amazing is that? In fact, it's even more amazing when you realize all the places where Discover is accepted. 99% of places in the U.S. that take credit cards. So when it comes to Discover, get used to hearing yes more often. Learn more at discover.com slash yes. 2020 Nielsen Report limitations apply.